Welcome everyone. You are listening to the I Am a Spartan podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show. It will probably suck. <laughs> Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. What's up, everybody? Had an awesome time at Savage Race last weekend. The weather was great, and the weather was great. I mean, the past few races I've done, the weather has sucked, so it was awesome to be at a race where the weather was great, and the weather was great. On this episode, I have Rachel Waters, who placed second place in the women's field at Savage Race. And she talks to us about a bunch of other races she has done, and she has done a bunch of cool races. Also, got a little bit of news, and I usually don't do news, but here's some news. They announced today that the Nevada Spartan Trifecta Weekend is being canceled. Is it a coincidence that it's being canceled on the same weekend that they're having World's Toughest Mudder, and they're owned by the same company. Hmm? Coincidence? Maybe. Also, Palmerton has dropped the kids' race for July, and I think they're not allowing spectators either. So, when I saw this, I'm thinking the race is probably going to get canceled too. But, we're going to Charlotte next weekend. If you see me there, say what's up. And that race has also canceled the kids' race and spectators as well. If you go to the Facebook events page, it shows it right there, plain as day. So don't think just because they're canceling the kids' race and spectators that they're also going to cancel the race. And I also saw that Pennsylvania is opening up their restrictions a little bit starting April the 4th. I think restaurants are going to 75% capacity. And I want to say the Poconos NASCAR race is going to happen. And they're going to have like, it was either 25 or 50% capacity. And it's going to be in, I think it said it was either going to, I think it's going to be in June. So if that's happening in June, I mean, it's looking good that Palmerton might happen in July. I hope it does. That's a fun race, and I've gone there the past couple of years. Well, not 2020. I keep saying last year like it's 2019, and that was when I we did the last races. So you'll just have to bear with me there. Anyway, there's no new reviews at this time. If you leave a review, I will read it on the next episode, and you never know when the next episode's going to be. But anyway, here's the interview, Rachel Waters. Hope you enjoy it. Rachel Waters, what is going up on with you today? Uh, not much. It's um, it's a nice day today in Atlanta. The sun came out. It was raining yesterday, so I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I know the rain brought in a cold front, didn't it? A little bit, but spring's around the corner, so, so yeah. it'll be okay. <laughs> I-, I was just happy it was nice weather at Savage last weekend. 
It was because it's going to be, I think, a low of like 30 this weekend. So we got pretty lucky. Right. And speaking of Savage, you managed to snag second place in the pro wave there. You got to be pretty pumped about that. I am. I am. It's been it's been a really good week. You know, I'm um, really happy with that. Really exciting. So um, I'm still riding the wave. I think we're on what what's today Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still up there. <laughs> Shoot, I would be too. But Rachel, you know, and I want to ask you more about the race later, but you know, and I've seen you at the races and you've done a lot of those dirty spokes races I've seen you at too. And I follow you on Instagram and Facebook, but I was just wondering if you would just give us like, you know, like a bio on yourself, you know, just tell us, you know, like what you do for a living and you know, what did you do in sports growing up and how did you find OCR? Tell us about Rachel. I'll try to keep it brief because I always have so much to say. It's um, okay. So I, I guess I'll try to do it chronologically. So I, I grew up, I didn't play sports growing up. I didn't come from a sports family. I mean, um, I played outside. I was a tomboy. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I was a tomboy, but kids used to play outside. So, you know, right. I was outside all day running around, but I didn't grow up playing sports. And in high school, a group of friends, a girlfriend said, uh, in my sophomore year, hey, let's walk onto the track team. And I'm like looking at them like they're crazy because yeah. I couldn't run. And anyway, uh, the short short version is, you know, walked onto the track team was terrible, um, but just kind of kept going because track and cross country are sports in high school where they can't kick you off. You basically you right. just show up. And if you go to practice, they will put you in the last heat in, in a meet. But, um, you know, it's not a team where you make tryouts. So I started running as a teenager, wasn't really any good, just kind of, you know, ran. Um, I used running as my, my hobby, I guess. I went to, I'm from Georgia, so in Atlanta, I went to Georgia State on um, Hope Scholarship, and, you know, while I was in school, I just was always a runner, and I'd, I'd wake up and run. I didn't, you know, run, like, in college or anything. Right. Um, so I was a road runner, then found trail running and, and did that, and then I was at a trail run, and a friend told me to you know, try a Spartan race. And so I said, okay, that sounds cool. So I did that, uh, in 2015 and just was like instantly in love. I was like, I have found, you know, what sport I I was meant to play, I guess. Um, and what was your first race? Kind of how I got into it. I think you said 20, you said 2015. What was your first Spartan race? Um, it was a sprint and it was at the horse park in March. That was my first race too. Cool, and you, okay, so I've never seen it since that, but you had to start your rope climb in, in water. Yeah. Um, and I ran open. I mean, I didn't know how to climb a rope. I was so beat up, but that's cool. That was our, yeah, that was my first race. Yeah, I think I ran it on Sunday, and it was cold. I can't remember. It was cold, and I ran it on Sunday, and I'd already been kind of following, like, the groups and all, and I remember that... We're out here freezing our butt off, and that was like the same day they had the Spartan cruise, or the same weekend that was that Spartan cruise. And I was thinking, man, it'd be so much nicer to be on that cruise doing a sprint <laughs> than doing it here. But you're right okay. that that was a very muddy rope climb, and it was in that disgusting red clay mud water, and it was probably about three or four feet deep, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, and I had no idea how to use your feet on a rope climb. I was trying to muscle up it, and right. Um, yeah that was my first race and then i just fell in love and just kept signing up and going going to races and here i am still going to races and and how old are you and 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 what do you do for a living okay um i will i'm 34 i will be 35 in may 
and I work in HR. Um, so I went to college. I got a bachelor's in business and I got a master's in human resource management. And then, so like really glorious stuff like payroll and benefits. And, um, right now I work, I do HR for a commercial janitorial company that, um, you know, houses janitorial staff and and facilities. So I I love it. I just started there about six months ago and it's like the nicest, nicest people I've ever worked for. So that's cool. So, So you live in the Spartan lifestyle and being in human resources. Do you like when people come to you with complaints, do you ever be like, man, these people just need to suck it up? I'm sure you get, um, you feel that way a lot sometimes. Kind of bigger, <laughs> like more looking at like when and looking in like health insurance and employee wellness, like kind of I guess from that perspective of the way that people are living their lives and you know right. really seeing you know people that are not in, in in the Spartan lifestyle sort of you know people that are my age that are just you know having like injuries that sixty year olds should have you know yeah. because they they don't do anything so. Um, yeah, you do get a different perspective, but you know, I also am just around people all day that really would have no idea what I was talking about if I tried to explain to them like what I did on the weekend, you know, um, that's the same <laughs> way it is. That's the same way it is for me. You know, I live in South Georgia and I think probably more down here, people don't know what OCR is more than, you know, probably most smaller towns. I mean, a lot of the people I work with do, and some of the people that are in, like, the running groups here in town, I've gotten them to do some of the OCR. So there's more people here. I've I've exposed more to it, and I think it was me and, like, four other people. We started together, and then we've kind of spread the word around here ever since we did ours, and we found some other people here in town that's done it too. But still, you know, it's still just – even though the sport's been around since, you know, 2010, it's still just everybody doesn't know what it is yet. And, that I mean, that's one reason why I started this podcast is because, you know, you can only talk to your close friends so much about it, and I wanted to talk to other people about it besides just when I see people at the races, you know. So that was one reason why I started this podcast, so I could talk to people more about it. Well, I think that's great. And, I mean, if you, you know, took a camera and followed me around in my everyday life, um, what you would find is that I pretty much am just talking to people about obstacle course racing because, you know, I'll be at the store and maybe someone behind me, like a woman will say, Oh, you have nice arms. You know, what do you do? Mm. And then I know that's my open and I go in and I'm every <laughs> person I meet, I'm trying to convince to sign up for a race just because I know what it can do for their life. And so I'm like a huge advocate of, you know, just talking about it with people. So, you know, I love to come on a podcast because I'm like, oh my gosh, we get to spend an hour talking about my favorite thing. Like, let's, let's do it. Let's introduce it to more people. Um, you know, give people new ideas and kind of help the sport grow because, um, you know, it seems like you, you probably love it just as much as I do. Um, and it's probably done a lot for you too. Yeah. And it's just like you said, I was talking to somebody at, uh, when one of my buildings today that I work at and, uh, she's run like triathlons before, you know, sprint ones. And she does a lot of running all the time. And I was trying to tell her, I was telling her about Savage where we was at this past weekend, and she's like, it looked like fun, and it looked really hard. And I was like, yeah, you should you have come. You should have signed up. And she's like, oh, well, my training's not right. And this girl's fit. And I was like, you don't have to do that. Just go out and do it and see just where you're up. at. You know? Just, you know, sign up. Like, that's, that's it. I yeah. mean, put a date on your calendar and commit. And then you just show up and you do it because we all did. Exactly. Um, yeah, oh, my gosh. Anybody I meet, I'm like – you should do this. I mean, that's that's what I spend my life doing. <laughs> I mean, I can't count how many races that, you know, 
that I've done and just, I mean, I would have rather been more fit when I got there, but I still had a great time when I went. You know what I mean? And that's what it's all about. I mean, I ain't paying my bills with anything I'm doing at no races for sure. Of course, I've never made any money at a race anyway. But, I mean, I understand some people take it serious, and they don't want to go do a race unless, you know, they're pretty sure they're going to be in the top 10 or whatever, you know. I mean, most of us, we go there because we love the sport and we just love to be out there in the community and enjoying it. And that's what I like to get most people that do trail running or road running. I was like, you've got to check this out because it's a different experience than going to a 5K where everybody puts in their headphones, runs a race and hangs around a little bit and barely meets anybody new and then they just go home you know it's just a different experience altogether oh yeah absolutely and I think um for people that are maybe intimidated by it I think they put the fitness part as an excuse but you know I think the reality is with obstacle course racing of course it's a measure of fitness but it's you know 70 percent mental right um and that's why you can go out to a race weekend and you can see people of all shapes and sizes and disabilities Right. out there doing it because you know where your body can fail you which it does on every athletic level for even your elites you know it's like the the, the mental part is, is more important and so i think um you know trying to help people let go of the the fear of the, the fitness part and say look doing one of these is more about your mind you know than, than your body i guess Exactly. I mean, and it, just another point too is, is when you're out there on that race course, it's like, that's all you're thinking about is the race and like all your other worries and stressors. It's like you're putting aside and you're just enjoying that moment. And that's what's, that's what's so cool about it. And I think that's why a lot of the, you know, the people in the thirties and forties really get into this too, because it gets them away from you know, the routine grind that they're stuck in and it gives them a sense of adventure. Oh, absolutely. And just quiet, you know, you're not worried about your emails or your job you have to do or your family. I mean, of course you might think about things that are important to you or, or whatever, but it gives you an opportunity to just, you know, you almost, you're in essentially fight or flight mode when you're out there. I mean, if you're, if, if you're out there, like, you know, going at your, your competitive pace, whatever that may be. So, you know, that's different for everybody, but you know, when you're out there and and you're having to, you know, fight to get to your finish, um, you know, all of the small things don't seem to matter anymore. It's very carnal, I guess, if that's or primal. Is that, is that a good word? Like, like it kind of your cell phone and your, what you have to wear and even what you look like or whatever. I mean, cause you, I, I know fight or flight mode sounds dramatic, but I mean, when you think about, you know, chemically and biologically what your body is doing and when your adrenaline's all pumped up and everything, I mean, it's, it's going. And so it's, it's just kind of a cool experience that I think a lot of athletes understand um, right. why we, we go there. It's not, you know, we come out all bruised up and people are like, why do you do that? You're like, no, you just don't understand like right. what you find out there. And it's kind of that, that mind. Yeah. It's, and I don't know what it, what it is about having the obstacles in it as well, but, you know, I love trail racing too, but with the obstacles there, it takes out the, like, the mental part the of, yeah, the, yes, there you go, the monotony of just running constantly, and it just makes the mileage just go by. And it's just kind of fun. Oh, know? it is. It's, it's just kind of fun. A little different. Mm-hmm. 
it just it it's just so enjoyable and i just think it's something that everybody everybody should experience at least once yeah well we'll get them we'll, we'll keep roping them in one person at a time <laughs> yeah hopefully so rachel i was looking at your athletes and you've just crushed a ton of races all different brands you know you've been on the podiums at a bunch of different brand races but uh First, I want you to tell us how your Savage race went this past weekend where you placed second. Okay. Um, yeah, it was kind of different because, like, to be honest, going into the weekend, I felt a little tired. Um, for You know, I'd done Jacksonville, and I went down and did the Florida Savage and, you know, the, the traveling and back the double race weekends. You know, yeah. I mean, I push in mid-30s. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, you get out of the training groove and you get a little hurt and, um so I, I kind of was going into it like, you know, I'm just happy it's here. You know, it's my hometown. Right. I love Savage Race. Um, I knew it was going to be rainy. And that's I a good thing. I knew those rigs were going to get everybody. And so I just sort of had a, a plan going into it um, to just run my own race and um, know my strengths as an, as an athlete and, you know, where I could, you know, um, you know, just to just to be myself. Um and for me, what that meant was not going out too fast because I'm, I'm just not that kind of athlete. Um, I like to, me neither. you know, I don't, I just don't go out fast and, you know, I usually fare better at, at, at the longer events because, you know, if I do something short by the time I've warmed up, it's like, over. Right. <laughs> but, um, I just kind of let everybody race to the rig, I guess. And then I just focused on, you know what, don't run so fast that your grip blows out like it has in the past couple of races i said slow down run your own race and so i just focus on the obstacles and i kind of got through everything i got um you know sawtooth which is the monkey bars was right before the rig and so i was like okay well that's you know they put those back to back on people right and i felt so good on sawtooth and i was like awesome like my arms feel good i just kind of jogged over there and um i don't know it was really it was cool i just tried it and got through and i think it was um it was really special because, you know, I'm in my hometown and they had designed the course so that the rig was like in the spectator area because they yeah, knew that that would be the place to watch. Um, and so, you know, I'm here. Uh, my sister had come to watch that day and, you know, she I don't I think she's maybe been to like one race. So, you know, she just happened to be there. Um, you know, I'm on this rig and it's like I got in the zone and I went and I was just completely surrounded by like everybody that. I was friends with and they were all cheering for me. So it was really That's special, awesome. um, you know, not to just make that move in a race. Cause sometimes moves like that happen back in the woods where there's no one to see. Right. Um, yeah. You know, not that it's about other people seeing, but to be able to like experience that kind of surrounded by pe- the racing community I've been a part of for, you know, five years was like really cool. So I just got through it and kept going and I ran a clean race and, you know, on Saturday, that's what, it needed to be to you know get second so i you know I, I ran how i excel and you know my my skill set fit that day Some, sometimes they don't sometimes it's a course that demands something different it needs a faster runner or you know um, a better hill climber or something but you know it, it it went my way on saturday and it was it was exciting yeah do you have any trouble on the anchors away obstacle um, okay, so what's interesting about that is Those not this weekend, soaked. but two weekends ago when I went to Florida, on the second day Blitz Pro Wave, Anchors Away was in like the last half mile. And I've done Anchors Away now probably at least, you know, five times in a race. I'm, I, you know, it's been around for two years or something. I don't remember, but yeah. 
I've never struggled on it. And I was in third place in Florida on the second day, hit anchors away and just like bombed off of it and slipped. And I retried it like 10 times or something. It took me forever to get through. And I, you know, succumbed to eighth place. Um, And so I had a bone to pick with anchors away. So when I didn't fail it, this Saturday, I was ecstatic because it was in my head a little bit. Like, right. you know, you know, the last time, you know, it blew you up because I mean, I have to give a lot, a lot of credit to the girls at the rig because that was me at Anchors Away. I mean, to have to like reach, and you've probably done it too. You get pumped out, yeah. Um, you know, every time. So no, I didn't. But a lot of the girls seem to struggle on the obstacles this past weekend. Um, you know, but I, I, I don't know. It was just. It was wet. Did you struggle on anchors? Um, I did struggle on anchors, but that was only my second time uh, okay. doing it. And the rings were super wet, but I, the the rings weren't really giving me the problem. I guess I just hadn't, I didn't have a really good technique for it yet. And once I figured out the technique that worked for me, mm-hmm. and I had to pretty much go, you know, hook to hook because I just, I don't have enough strength to really swing and hold all my weight on one arm, you know. I kind of have to lock off. I kind of have better biceps than I do grip strength, I guess. Okay. And so once I, I figured out just the technique and the rhythm to go through it, I I, I got it then. Because we did the blitz later. I mean, I did it on the first try and no problems. But yeah, I, I was about to give up on it because I was like, man, I just can't do this obstacle, you know? And I finally got it, and I'm glad I did. And and then I got to the rig, and to me, the rig was, it was easy. But getting to that last pipe, I couldn't swing far enough to hit the stupid bail. I got to the pipe twice and and missed the bail, and then I finally got it on the third time. And I swung back and forth probably about 10 times before I let go and hit the bail the last time. I was going to make sure I hit it. Yeah, I had looked at a picture of the rig because they were, you know, they post videos of it and everything the day before. And I looked at it, and, you know, my first glance at it, I said, you know what, something actually looks easy to me about that. Yeah, it looked easier than Florida's rig. Um, But I knew that swing. And an area where I've been trying to get better at is things like kipping because I actually don't use my hips as much as, as I need to. Um, and I just knew that, like, it's, it's almost like that Eminem song, like, in the background, like, you got one shot. I know that's so right. cliche and cheesy, <laughs> but it's like I knew I had to pump on that bar. And I can't lache, like, leap out well. So I knew that I Me just neither. had to thro- propel my weight with so much force forward that I would go. Cause I knew I couldn't like lache up like a lot of the like men that I could see could do. So I right. just kind of, I think I had to like get like four good swings and then, you know, leapt off that thing and hit the bell. And I was like, yes. Yeah. But, um, I, I thought it was a fair rig, but again, my perspective is different cause it worked for me that day. Well, I mean the rig in Florida, you know, it looked way harder to me just because it had that ring that you had to swing on really low and then you Mm -hmm. had to get to that rope. And I could just, I just didn't, that just looked like by the time you got to that ring at the very end and you had to hold all your weight up to swing to the rope, it just looked like it would have been very easy to touch the ground there. Yeah. Um, well, but I mean, yeah, the rig, they, that's the one where they did a different women's lane and ours had yeah. this like cake, like one of those little la- ladder, like rope ladders where it's a rope with like, right. maybe they're called caving ladders. 
Um, but yeah, I think, but I also think the good news is that people are now mastering the blue cheese because that was like the talk of the town for a good yeah. couple of months. There was the blue cheese, but now they've put it in a couple of races. So I think people are starting to, to get through that, that cheese board. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of awkward, but I don't think it's really that difficult, you know? But I, I enjoyed that rig. It was really challenging, and it it was fun. I mean, jumping out to the rope, I mean, that was fun. And, I mean, it was just, it was an exciting rig. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, well, Savage puts on a great, great event. They do. But uh, you're right. I mean, there was a lot, because I started in the second men's heat, so I started right behind the women's heat. And when I got to the rig, I saw uh, Alex Walker there, and I figured, man, this is stumping a lot of people up if she's still here and i caught her because she's way faster running than i am and then i had all the trouble on anchors too so but i think she got it like right as i got there so yeah and another thing about that race is you know that rig there was still two miles left right after that rig and you know you had a couple of grip obstacles i mm -hmm. mean you know it, it's not when i got through that rig it's not like Oh, Rachel, you've nailed it. I mean, yeah. the reality is Alex Walker is such a strong runner right? that if she got through that rig two minutes behind me, she could literally like run me down in two miles. She's that fast. Yeah. And so, you know, I didn't quite get to enjoy it until I got to uh, lumberjack and that was, um, you know, and I think I, I, maybe Chrissy was like picking hers up when I was putting mine down. And so at that point, it was like, okay, Rachel, like you just have the wheel world and battering and, you know, basically just don't mess those up. And, you know, it's, it's yours now because you, you can't ever, it's not over till it's over, you know, uh, there was, there's still obstacles to get stuck at, but um, I, I like the, the lumberjack carry too, because it was like straight up hill in the back. I thought that was pretty tough and pretty fun. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good carry. You know, I like a good technical carry and that was fun too. And those boards aren't really that heavy, but they're just yeah. kind of awkward because they're so they're long. Like banging the trees. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> yeah. What'd you think about Yank My Chain? Uh, you know, I, I saw a lot of people were talking about how heavy it was, and I know that no, was one of those. that's too light, man. Man, I, to <laughs> me, that was that was easier than Hercules Hoist, to me. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, it, I, yeah, because I could, I mean, don't get me wrong, it, it's, it feels awkward and different the way it lifts off the ground. Right. But... What? But it like it's not it wasn't like heavy because I mean no I think it needs I think the pro men need it heavier but yeah know, I think for the women that's pro women that's an okay weight. Well, see the difference between that and Hercules hoist is is the Hercules hoist is is you're lifting that same weight from the time you start it till the time you put it down. On yank my chain, you can rip into that thing really fast. And you can, and then it stops moving. <laughs> and then it starts getting slower as the weight gets heavier. But I just think that momentum is the key on you know yank my chain, you know, because you can get it up really fast. And uh, I mean, I thought it was a cool obstacle. I liked it. I appreciated that they're putting more strength stuff in the races because I love strength obstacles. Yep. Yeah, I do too. I thought that was a pretty cool. I, th I mean, I thought it was a really cool obstacle, and it's different, and it's easy yeah. to set up. Way easier than filling sandbags with sand for the Hercules hoist, you know. Yeah, and I appreciate that they just test stuff out and they ask for feedback and then adjust things and stuff. So I liked it. 
Yeah, and, and I saw where Sam put into into the Savage Syndicate page. He was asking about having obstacle lanes for women and obstacle lanes for men, and he put up like a, a poll about it. And I'm sitting here thinking, why are you asking the men whether they think that the women should have an easier side? That should have been like a women's only question, I think. <laughs> yeah, there really is no right or wrong answer. It depends on, you know, what your goal is. Um, you know, right. everybody has their opinion about it. Oh, but, yeah. You know, it's like there really, there really is no right or wrong answer because clearly they're not impossible because you do have women getting through them, you know. But yeah. I also... One perspective I have is, you know, when you're looking at a pro wave and, and we're talking only about pro right now, because, you know, we all agree that it needs to be different for, for open waves, men and women. Oh, absolutely. Um, but when you're talking about pro women, first of all, this is you have to qualify now to be in the pro wave at Savage because they've you know reduced it with COVID. So they want to make sure they're getting more people that aren't just wanting to run early that are like people that should actually you know be there. You're running for a lot of money. I mean, they give away twice as much prize money as Spartan does. Right. And so, you know, you're bringing in, these are, you know, professional and semi-professional athletes that are, you know, traveling for this prize money. I mean, this is a high caliber event. And so, you know, I think my only, again, I I don't think there is any right or wrong, but I just think, you know, when you're trying to look at who this athlete pool is, we're only going to, you know, bring our sport up if we demand more of our athletes. And you know, and, and, and it's like, that's like, you know, women, women, okay, look at CrossFit, like people are getting stronger because it's getting more competitive and it's, it's causing like the sport to grow. Like women now lift more than they used to, you know, and I think it's kind of the same thing. And, um, you know, if you don't want to run pro, then don't run pro. Like if you don't want to have to do that obstacle, then, you know, run in not in that wave, I guess that's my opinion. But I mean, I, I don't know if you even asked me my opinion, but I, you know, that's a little bit of it, but there is no right or wrong. I mean, for at least if, if Sam's trying to look for right or wrong, right? Um, it's really, you know, what he wants to do. Yeah, it's almost like it was a, a stir the pot poll or something. So, but, No, I think he just cares. I appreciate yeah. that he cares and he asks, but, you know, the problem is when you do a, a Facebook poll, you're going to get, like, trolls. everybody's two cents that really, exactly. you know, I'm not a Facebook commenting back and forth kind of person, but Me you get a lot of that in there, so... It is what it is. Yeah. And we shall see. And it's like you said, and I and you did the blitz later that day too, but the rig, you know, as hard as the rig was, they went in there and made it to where I want to say there was like three different variations, you know, they after did. the pro yeah. wave later. went in and I thought, Well, this is cool, you know. Yeah, you know, there was one that was like handles and, and rings, so like yeah. and stuff that was like a lot more doable and they had one or two of the tough lane, but they had different Added, ones set up and I think yeah. that that's a great idea because you know, you're, you're opening it up for all skill levels because nobody wants to come and do it and just not be able to do it or, you know, have something so hard you can't even start it. Right. If you're afraid to jump to that rope that was at the rig, you know, you kind of don't get to do any of the obstacle, but you know, they're, they're modifying it so that any fitness level can do it. And maybe, maybe it's your first race and you get across like one of the little rings to the second one before you fall. Well, at least, you know, you got to like try it and you can improve, but I did see that they had a different variation um, later from yeah. like open, but who knows? <laughs> right. We'll see what happens at the next one. Yeah. So did you know that you were in second place when you left the rig? Um, I, I had a pretty good idea that I was. And then my sister told me because she was watching me. So she was kind of, you know, she probably ran five miles like running. Oh, cool. Out. Huh. 
And, you know, and, but she told me that, but, you know, again, I, at that point, I'm like, I still got two miles to go. Right. You know, I, so, um, but then I, you know, I knew that I was, you know, because I passed some guy friends that had started in the pro wave. And that's, what's also really special, right? You're like buddies with people out there. So I start passing, you know, some of the men that started five minutes before me and they're my buddies and they're like, yeah, Rachel, you got it. Nicole's oh, cool. the only, yeah. You know, cause since they're ahead of me, they know that, um, you know, she was the only one. So I knew, but I was running scared and I was like, just do your best. <laughs> Don't slow down, you know, don't yeah. lose it. <laughs> That's right. The race isn't over until the race is over, you know, mm-hmm. especially in obstacle course racing. Oh yeah. That's why it's exciting and fun. Okay, so you got to tell me about this race that you did, and it was I think it was in 2020, and it was called uh, the Casa Garcia's 24-Hour Obstacle Enduro. I'm so glad you asked me about this one. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I remember seeing your post when you finished it, and I was like, I don't even know about this race, and it's got a really fucking cool award. It's got a skull <laughs> on this plank, and it's awesome. Okay, so the Casa Garcia was a really, it was a small event, but do you know, do you know the Garcias? I do not. Okay, Melissa and Danny are like the coolest, um, but they live up in Tennessee, and they have a house that's, it's not a farm, but they're on a bunch of land, and they've built a little obstacle training thing, and they're basically their backyard. Right. Um, and so they did this small 24-hour event, and I had done World Stuff as a matter of the two years, you know, each before. It was canceled for COVID. I was like, heck yeah, you know, 24 hours. So I did that. Um, really great venue. So it was like a mile, I think it was a mile and a quarter loop. Right. And they had a bunch of obstacles out, but it was pretty cool how they did it. They did five mile, or excuse me, five obstacles open on the loop at a time. So every five miles you're getting, you know, your, your standard like 25-ish obstacles in and what they did was they rotated every two hours like for two hours these five obstacles will be open then the next two hours you know so they they rotated them all but they have so it changed it up that made it where it not wasn't so monotonous exactly plus there were so many obstacles you can't have a one mile loop with like 20 obstacles for 24 hours that's just too much oh yeah you know what i mean like you need more to like space out the running um so yeah i went and did that and it was like really it's hard for me to say i would think i actually think that's probably one of my um i would say that's my proudest race that i've done if i had to pick it like the one that i was just really happy with um you know we went out and i just something about it i just kept running and i ended up getting um 80 miles in in the 24 hours which is more than i knew that i could even run and i mean that's mileage that when you look at like your world's toughest mutters is like the winning mileage yeah that's Um, especially in atlanta the past couple of years when it's been freezing cold yeah and and you know here they had um no they did have penalties but they had some tough obstacles um they have a really tough version of like stairway to heaven um they had four or five different rigs they had a pegboard traverse rope climb um, really heavy tires and Atlas carries drags, farmers carries. Oh, wow. Um, like, I mean, they had some grip in this, the hardest climbing, um, you know, like the horizontal, like a Z wall type thing. Yeah. Hardest one I've ever done. <laughs> um, and you know, basically you could retry stuff, but you would penalty. And then at the end of your loop, you would have to spin a penalty wheel and it could be burpees, 
push-ups, um, you know, lunges. I mean, there were some that was like, you know, 25 burpees. Oh, you wow. know, you first, you know, so I mean, it, it was, it, it was good penalties. Um, you know, so you kind of have to be strategic, but I just went out there and ran and, um, I just had a great time. You know, it was, it was really special because I didn't know, I, I didn't know I could run that far. Right. Um, is that the you furthest know, you've ever run? I really didn't stop. <laughs> was that the furthest you've ever run in a race? Yes. Yeah, I did. In 2018, I hit 60 miles at World's Toughest Mudder. And then in 2019, I hit 70 miles at World's Toughest Mudder. And then so in 2020 at the Garcias, I hit 80 miles. So I'm like, heck no, I'm not running 90 miles this year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was... um. And I actually felt amazing the whole time. I mean, I think that's what was so special about it for me. Like, I I literally ran the whole thing, and I felt pretty good after I didn't get injured. Um, it felt effortless. I know that might sound weird because it was not effortless. It was the hardest thing I've ever done, but um, it was just a really good day. And the, and the award is, like, really cool. It is um, cool. <laughs> that was, like, the first thing that st- stood out when I saw the per- – pictures well I, first i want to say the bib did because it in the bib had a skull on it too oh, it was so cool yeah yes like a yeah, sugar I skull have it, like hanging up in my home gym but yeah, that was a really special race because i love um i love long races like that um endurance events those are really special um so i, I love that race so i'd recommend if they put anything else on the calendar Go and you it. see it uh, snatch it up because it'll sell out because that was a really really cool venue and they're just great people I kind of like that, the way they did the race, you know, with changing out the obstacles and the penalties, too. Did you have to do a lot of penalties, or were you able to get by most of the obstacles? I was able, I, um, I was able to get, I think, my completion, and the cool thing is when we were done, they had this huge spreadsheet. They kept track of how many loops you did, what, and on, like, what loop, how many penalties you did. So, they had, like, data, which was really neat, and I had, like, a really high completion rate. The pegboard, I just knew I couldn't do. Right. And so I just chose to, because I'm like, there's no point mm-hmm. in me even, like, I kind of attempted it, but I was like, there's no point in me really, like, I'm just going to penalty out of this because, um, you know, there's, it's just going to blow me up. And right. then I think I missed a spear or two, but I think I had something like a 90 or 95% obstacle completion rate. I mean, it was pretty amazing at like at, at hour 22 of this thing, um, they had a rope climb and like I had this like moment actually where I was like at this rope climb and I mean, I'm just dead. Right. <laughs> like I'm done. And I just looked at it and I just like, like got all the way up it. And it just felt, it was, it was kind of like, I guess the sun was coming up. So it was kind of a nice moment, but I mean, they still had us climbing ropes at, at hour 22, wow. which is really different because when you go to world's toughest mudder, have you done that? I've I did the the fun lap on the the day before and I volunteered okay. at it at the last it's one just they had. Different there, you get help on obstacles. So yeah. don't get me wrong, it's physically taxing to do all of those things, but it's different. You know, again, I'm not taking away because I've done it twice. It beats you up. It's tough. You're in a wetsuit. You know, yeah. um, but you you have help. Where this was different. This you're doing obstacles yourself. Nobody's helping you. Yeah. You know, there was this huge Irish table that like. You know, in the middle of the night, I was doing it, and I, like I had to do it for two hours, and I was just dreading it every time it came around. Every like, because again, there's only a mile and a half loop, um, or whatever. So, like every time it came, I was like, "Oh my god, how am I? How in the world can I do this again?" And I would just do it again, and then I get to it. Oh my gosh, you know, and just do it again. And um, 
So it was just a really different caliber of race, I think, because, you know, I'm, I'm doing rigs all night long. I'm, I'm like doing more stuff than just, you know, what the tough Meyer obstacles are like. And again, I'm not downplaying those because that race has kicked my butt <laughs> for the two years before that. And that's what, I, that's what I've always heard too, <clears throat> is it's not the big grand obstacles that you get tired of. It's the ones that are like walls and like, Berlin walls and the saw horses and stuff like that. Those are the obstacles that start getting harder the longer you go into the night and to the latter part of the race. Oh, yeah. I mean, every time you have to muscle your own body over a wall and they like the wood will beat you up. Right. Um, you know, so it's, you know, but it's just part of it. You just grind it out. It's just part of it. I remember yeah. when we did that hot lap at World's Toughest Motor, and we did Berlin Walls, and I did it. I did it by myself, and I was just thinking, man, this could be a super abrasive obstacle in a twenty-four hour race, and that, and you know, trying to get up. What do they call their half pipe ramp there? You know, I can't remember. Uh, I can't, remember, I can't remember, but I, I know exactly what you're talking about. But I, it's just slipping my mind what it's called. Yeah. It's not Colossus, but it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the, just like it. Yeah. I imagine those just beating you to death over a 24-hour race. It does. I mean, you know, and it just, the thing about world stuff is all that water, too. Right. I mean, you're just constantly getting in and out of, you know, water, where this other 24-hour one I did was a dry race, which right. was, you know, which I appreciated, because right. a wetsuit is not comfortable to compete in. And you said you felt great. How did you fuel for it? Um. You know, I, I use hammer nutrition products. Right. Um, so, you know, that was my base with my drink, um, you know, and I just basic non exciting things. I mean, chicken cans of chicken noodle soup, um, peanut butter and jellies, uh, protein bars. They were making these dumplings. They had an aid station going and they were making these, like, I think they brought them at Walmart or something, frozen dumplings with That's awesome. like a soy sauce amazing um but yeah just you know the thing about a race like that is you just have to kind of um eat a little bit the whole time you know some dill pickle chips um just you know being methodical about it saying okay i need to eat every hour um i need to just keep sipping water um but really you know ultra running food so right. chips soup salty stuff pbjs bananas um, and then again, I, I put hammer in my, uh, I put the per, their perpetuum product in my bladder and just kind of sip on that. And they were all looking at me at the beginning, like, Rachel, why do you have a hydration pack on? This is only a mile and a quarter loop. And I'm like, cause I'm going to be sipping the whole time. <laughs> yeah. You um, showed so you them have, too. You want it. So another race I wanted to ask you about, and it's just okay. because I saw it on Ultra Running, and I always thought that would be a cool race to do, and it was that Sleepy Hollow Ultra that you did in Canton, Georgia. Okay. That yeah, just uh, looked like it had the coolest aid station <laughs> with Halloween was, candy. It was, like right on Halloween, I think. They always do it around Halloween, and it's another one of those burners where it's like a mile and a half loop, and but the whole... And it goes at night. Right. Um, there, I think there's a 24-hour, but I did the six-hour. And yeah. it's really super fun. You just set up your own little aid station. But they had one. And the whole loop was surrounded with all these Halloween decorations and, like, little lanterns and jack-o'-lanterns and pumpkins. Um, and it's just a party. And you just go out there and, you know, run as many laps as you can in the dark in, in six hours. <laughs> I, yeah. guess, I guess that's what I do for fun. But, yeah, that one's, that one's good. 
Yeah, I just wanted to ask you about that one personally because it's one that's kind of on my bucket list. And, I mean, who knows? I doubt they would ever do one like that again with COVID, but who knows? That just oh, seems. I've got something for you then. I've got something for you in June. Oh, yeah? Six hours on a mile and a half loop, and they're going to add a surprise, like, strength element to it. Ooh, that does sound cool. I'll tell you about it later. You can, like link them in uh the group that they're like a local race company yeah so i don't know what the strength stuff is i don't know if they're going to tell us but i bet it's you know workout type stuff or rucking or something so um, that sounds cool anyway it's in ball ground up near kennesaw right so it's it's north of atlanta yeah that sleepy hollow race it always just looked cool because it's halloween yeah. themed and you got everybody out there just enjoying halloween a bunch oh, yeah, of halloween and candy and they're they playing like monster cool. music and <laughs> like <laughs> it was a great time the shirt like looks like it's like orange i mean it's and i love halloween so i mean it's it's, it's a good time if, if you cool. can get out to it well, another race that's dear to my heart is one of the races that I love and hate at the same time, and that's the Killington Ultra, and I saw that you placed third in Elite there in 2019. I did. I did. Um, I loved that race. Me too. I, I loved that race. That was, um, I've done, I think I've done five Spartan Ultras, and that was my favorite. It yep. was rainy. It was muddy. It, oh, I loved it. Were you there in I 2019? Was. I run the ultra too. In 19? Mm-hmm. Oh, so you were there, and it was like cold. Yeah. And windy. windy at the top. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you were there the year I did it because you were able to experience the same thing I did. Oh man, it, it, did you love it? I did. And here's the thing, you know, I packed for it, and I was like. Looking at it, I was like, well, the temperatures are going to be this, and that's not that bad. So all I brought was just some compression pants and a, com- a cut-off, a sleeveless compression shirt, you know. <laughs> it wasn't thermal or nothing. And then I saw that the winds were going to be like, I don't know, 15 miles an hour. I was like, whoa, I'm going to get cold. And <laughs> so, But, I mean, I never really got frozen. My fingertips got a little no. numb after the swim, but that was about it. But, man, I love that race. It was a good day for me. I was running good. Oh, yeah, and I had, um, because I had looked at the times for the girls before, and I'm, like, kind of projecting what my time would be, because, you know, when you see names of females that you know, and you know how you compare them, you're like, okay, well, here's my guess at how long this thing's going to take me, and so I had said, like, you know, nine to ten hours, and that's what I had, like, told my boyfriend and my sister, you know, right. okay, I started this time, I'll be done, and that thing, I think it took me almost 12 hours, and yeah. I was third. I mean, it took the weather, like the times were really slow. And, you know, when you go out at, at the um, transition, they tell you, like, you have to bring a headlamp with you. Yeah. And even though I have one in my bucket or bin all the time, I've never been even close to needing a headlamp on an ultra because yep. I'm always finishing fast enough to where I'm going to, you know, come in before the sun comes down. Mm-hmm. So I went out there without one. And because I was not expecting it to just take that long. And, um, you know, it, it was just so even by the second loop, it was just so much worse and slow. And the sun was coming down and I still had about a mile and a half left. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I don't have a headlamp. <laughs> so I was literally like running like down. the. the I love those Spartan ski ones where you get that downhill run at the oh, end. Yeah. Um, but I was like running down like, oh, crap, you know. 
I've learned a lesson here. <laughs> you know, don't you need to be humble enough to bring a headlamp out with you on these things. <laughs> well, at the beginning of the race, they said you got to start with the headlamp and blah blah blah. And you know, I run age group, and when we started. It's like the sun was coming up, and I was like, I don't even need this. This is dumb. And if I would have had a chance, I would have enough time, I would have ran back and just tossed it in my bucket. So I pretty much ran with it the whole time. But that ultra loop that was on that race, it, oh was, my God. it was treacherous. That sandbag carry people were doing. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was rough. I remember coming into transition thinking, I want to quit this race, but since mm-hmm. I don't have to do that ultra loop again, I. Um, that was enough boost to be like, well, at least I don't have to do that ultra loop again. I'm getting out of here. So, <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of people dropped out of that one. I mean, it was really just like hang in there. Um, and I remember that extra sandbag carry they had us all doing. Yep. I've never seen like so many just like devastated looking people. Right. You know, and I mean, we're I think the age group and elite start together at like six, so we're all out there. I yep. mean, it's men. I mean, that like are just suffering. I mean, yeah, they, I think that was the most climbing I've ever done, like yeah. in an event in my life was, was there. Um, yeah, because was it was like a 14 insane. plus mile beast too. And that was after Spartan already said we're standardizing the, you know, the distances yep. for the races and people that were just doing the regular beast were, I remember passing some of them and it said like mile 14 and you were still going uphill and <laughs> they were, they were bitching so much. Oh yeah, the, the second loop is always really interesting, too. You know, you're you're on the um, oh gosh, what are they called? The death, the famous death march right. or whatever. You're like you're doing it, and it's just a different perspective when you're going up at your second time oh, in yeah. a race. You know, it sucks the first time. You're like, oh my gosh, I have to do this again. But um, you know, you just bite off little pieces of it and get through yeah. it. And you know, I love getting to transition. It's a boost. You know, your morale exactly. goes up. You get your snacks. But, oh, I love that race. I didn't realize you were there. So it's really cool that, um, you know, that you were at that one with me. So you experienced the one that I was at because they're just different based on the weather and stuff. Every I've done it twice. And every okay. time I've done it, I've said, I'm not going to sign up and do this race again. <laughs> this is the last one. You know, and I, I remember doing it this time and being like, this is stupid. <laughs> but Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, lo- I loved it. You know, I, I was really excited last year before COVID happened, they were supposed to do the 24 hour championship yeah. and I was stoked. I was like, yes. I mean, that is such a perfect place. I think and so then too. when they announced it was in Colorado this year, I'm like, that's an even more perfect place. Yeah. Um, so I'll be going to that. Yeah. I'm going back to Killington. I signed up for it again already. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. That's just a cool venue to me. And it is. when the weather's good and you're up at the top and you can see the views that it's really awesome there. You, and you couldn't see the views this past time because it was so foggy too, when we were there in 2019, but that's an awesome race. And that's, that's one of those races where you're, you're in it to finish it. You're not really in it to be like, well, I'm going to do the best I can. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, that was one of those days for me where, um, I usually tend to do better when the conditions are bad. So like when other people are kind of having a hard time because they're cold or it's wet, um, you know, if it's a dry, sunny day and, you know, the obstacles are dry and the ground is easy to run on, those are, I usually don't do as well there. So I tend to, to, to kind of pull up to the top when, um, I guess when it's 
I don't know. I guess I don't want to say it's as simple as when it's raining, but I guess it's as simple as when it's raining. You, you know, know <laughs> and I might be in that same boat with you too. I feel like when and and probably not as much in like a rainy, muddy sprint course, but when it's a long, grueling day, and I know that I'm going to be in there for a long haul, and the conditions are going to suck. I'm just good at putting my nose to the grindstone and like even at that Carolina ultra that was really, really muddy and a lot of people hated it. I mean, that was like one of my best races, you know? I love, yeah, I love those kinds of kind of races, but, um, you know, I guess everybody's just different, but yeah, yeah. You and you and me both. I, I'm like, Oh, sign me up. Oh, it's going to rain. <laughs> I love the ultras for that. I'm doing the Montana ultra oh. on May 1st. And I'm really excited about that. Cause who wouldn't want to run, a Spartan race in Montana, you know, it's Montana. You get to stand there. Like you stop on these courses and you know, you just take a second, you do a three sixteen. you're like, wow, you know, this is my life. Like I'm actually doing this. Like I'm in this beautiful place with all these badass people, you know, doing this really hard, cool thing. And it's just like, you know, they, there's all these great, I call them race cations. Yeah. You know? So I'm, I'm really excited about that ultra. I mean, and it's it's like you said, before I started doing Spartan racing, I mean, I was a homebody. Like, I'd go to the beach in Florida in mm-hmm. the summer, and in the fall, I would go to, like, the mountains in Tennessee. And that was, like, my vacation routine, and that was all I did. I never really ventured out of, you know, the surrounding states around Georgia. And in 2015, you know, I did my first sprint and got hooked I got on my first airplane ride and flew to Dallas, and me and a buddy, we flew out there, run the beast, got back on the plane, and flew back in the same day. <laughs> oh, that sounds really cool. <laughs> oh, it was really scary, because that was the year that, like, this bad storm come through, and we got in this long line down a dirt road to get into the venue, and we didn't get to start the race until 12, and we were supposed to start it at, like, 10, so... We were we were fretting whether we was gonna be able to make it back to the plane, but yeah, like I owe all my travel to do an obstacle course racing. Oh yeah, there's a community, <laughs> and it's it's funny because it's normal to us, but like you know, every you just go and you find a cheap hotel to stay in, and you look at airfare. I mean, that's what I spend my time and energy on. You know, it's. Yeah. Um, but I'm grateful to have found it because yeah. I think a lot of people can spend their whole life and never really find that thing that really sets Drive them on them. fire. You right. Know? So I think. If you find it, you're pretty lucky. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, it's changed my life for the better. Oh, me you too. Know, it's like sure. I was already running and working out, but when I found this sport, it was like it clicked, and it was like this is what I've been running and working out for, and I didn't know it. That was the oh, yeah. way I felt. So oh, yeah, and I've grown a lot, like mentally. Like for me, it's really helped me get through, you know, other things. It's made me braver and tougher and. You know, or maybe it's helped me realize I had those qualities, right? Like it, it, what it can bring out to you. You know, an obstacle race brings out like good and people like better qualities, stronger qualities. Um, and so I guess it's just sort of like put into the rest of my life as well, as far as like improving, you know, the way that I think about things, the way that I approach things. And, you know, sometimes it sounds really cliche and silly, but it's like I'll be dealing with something stressful maybe at work and it's like right well wait a minute you can do this like think of all that you know hard stuff you've done like this is nothing um 
So, you know, it really just kind of helps broaden your perspective and your mindset, I guess. I agree. Because it's like the stuff that I noticed used to would stress me out, you know, and get me kind of running around with a chicken on his head off at it, it work is now it's like I don't get into I've got to rush and get this done. I'll just kind of be more relaxed and just take my time and get through it and get it done. Yeah. And it's not stressing me out as much. Awesome. Is there anything else that went on my athletes that that uh, you were curious about? <laughs> nope. That was pretty much all I had. So, so you picked actually some of my. You. I'm glad you asked about those. You picked some of my my favorite finishes. I think that like if I have to look at you know different things I've experienced, I, I would say that you know Killington, um, the 24 hour race, and then I guess now this past weekend are probably my might go in the bucket as my top three right but i mean that had to and and it felt good to me because i think i placed second in in my age group of course at killington i know it had to feel good to you being a a flatland georgia girl and going up there and placing third and elite that had to feel awesome when you got done it did but what's funny is they their system was all messed up yeah and it like, was there were girls that had dropped in transition that they hadn't taken out of the results yet yeah it took forever so, for awards so i remember that. i crossed the finish line and mind you i've been out there all day i know you had been out there all day it said i was in sixth so i left i had no idea oh no and um, I and I went back. I stayed in this house, this like cool house with like fifty people at it. And I was, you know, I was beat. I was tired. I was ready to um, call it a night. I'd been out there all, you know, all day. It's like eight o'clock at night, and you know, I got six, which I was whatever. Um, I don't even remember if I thought about. It. I was happy with it. I remember fi- finishing and thinking that's not right because I know that you know there weren't that many girls ahead of me, but. You know, maybe I got like fourth. I don't. I don't know. I just left, and then um, Matt Davis actually hit me up. He said, "You're missing your award ceremony." I was uh-huh. like, "Huh?" <laughs> and I was back at the house eating like noodles or something, <laughs> and uh, and it was cool. And I'm like surrounded by like ten people that I've just met that weekend, and by my phone, and they're all like, "Oh, what?" I'm like, "Oh, oh, I got third. You know, but whatever. I'll just get my. I'll get the medal tomorrow." And they all just like looked at me like wait, what? Like you got third? I'm like, yeah. Oh, but it's fine. And then I, I had to get my like award back. So I was so ready for bed, but that, it did feel really good. Um, to, cause that was a hard race. And so, you know, it's not always about like what place did I get for me? It's kind of like, what did I do? And to do well at a race that was really hard, um, right. you know, f- felt really good because, you know, a lot of girls race out there. And, um, you know, to, to kind of not be a, a mountain person, I guess, and, uh, come up there felt good, but I was really proud of that. That yeah. was a good one. <laughs> it was a good race. It was a good race. I even had some of Vermont in my, uh, bucket. I remember we went to the store and I saw those little maple, it, sh- it looks like a maple leaf, but pretty much all it is, is just maple sugar. And I remember I had, I was like, this would be a good thing to have it transition, you know, and that's, you know, they yeah. say never try something new on race day. And I, I ate like three of those at one time and all it is is just sugar and carbs, you know, so how'd that go? It worked great. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's similar to honey. So it's like yeah. a simple sugar. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that was good. I have an iron stomach. I can pretty much eat anything and it not bother me. So. Well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah, never I, felt I nauseous I mean, at a race. I usually eat like. I'm trying to think what I eat transition, like nothing's fancy. I'm peanut butter and jelly, Snickers bars, Cokes, 
water. Yeah. That's about it for me. Maybe yeah. a, those little um, like clementines, like the little fruit. I like those. Yeah. See, the, the bad thing about a peanut butter and jelly is if you're breathing really hard when you come into transition, <laughs> it is it. <laughs> hard to chew on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. No, but here's the thing I like about those Uncrustables. Yeah. Um, is they're already, like, Spartan-proof, you know, because they they're packaged. And so I'll just, like, grab one and, like, shove it in my pants or my bra or something and just kind of nibble on it later. Yeah. So a lot of times like that, I'm like, let me just grab it and... You know, because on an ultra, you have a lot of down miles. Right. Where, you know, and it's like, well, let me just take this and, and, and start walking. And I'll yeah. kind of nibble on it and, you know, play a mind game where I earn a bite every, you know, two minutes of running or something <laughs> like that <laughs> to get through the next mile. Play like mind <laughs> games with yourself. Yeah. So, all right, Rachel, we're getting almost to an hour here, but I have some questions that I usually always ask every time okay. I have somebody on. Uh-oh, you're going to put me on the spot. <laughs> no, nothing like that. Okay. So, and you've probably already answered this one. So, to you, what has been your most favorite race that you've done and why? I think it would, it's 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 so hard to pick. Um, but I would probably say the 24-hour race at the Casa Garcia um, this past fall. Yeah. Uh, that would that would be my best just because I really took myself to another level um, for myself. Right. And so that was, you know, really, really special for me. Okay. So now I want the reverse of that. What is like your worst race, the race you dislike the most, perform the worst, or, you know, most people don't... Most people will usually say, well, I don't really hate any of them, but just the one you didn't like the most and why. Um, I already immediately have an answer there. It was actually a specific race. Um, it was the, it, it, it's funny how it comes full circle. It was the George, it was a savage race. Actually, it was a blitz in 2019 in Georgia. You might've been there. The Saturday regular race was great. I think I got like fourth or fifth or something. It was fine. Right. And then for some reason on Sunday, we all woke up and it was like 30 degrees outside. Yeah. That, I know which one you, race you're talking about. Yeah. Were you there? I, I wasn't was there, like, but my, just, my buddy went and told cold. me about it. Um, and I was coming off of an injury and I'm doing the blitz and the pro wave and I got stuck at wheel world, which was like in a mile in and I kept falling in the water over and oh, over man. and over and over. And I had just got so cold <laughs> and you know, defeated. And I've never, I'm an athlete. I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I've got some weight on me, so I don't freeze, you know, whenever it gets cold, I stay pretty warm. And so I've never been like, had to, I've never DNF'd or anything. I've never had to drop out of something or gotten too cold, but I just, my hands wouldn't work. I was starting to get a headache. And so I had to give up my band and, um, you know, waddle my way the best I could through the rest <laughs> of the course, you know, um, the walk of shame or whatever. I mean, cause I was just toast. It was like, I mean, I tried everything else, but I was so toast. I couldn't really even like get the other stuff that I would normally be able to. So I would say that one, but then it always planted this little splinter of fear in my mind about, about Savage Race. So it keeps me a little oh, yeah. excited still that, um, you know, but I would say that one, that blitz. Yeah. You know, a cold weather can really throw a wrench into things, you know, yeah, and I just, I messed up, and then I got in my head, and, and I learned a lot, and it was also good that that happened, because, you know, like, sitting and having anxiety about losing your band is, in the big picture of what matters in life, really doesn't, 
And so I was glad that it happened because I realized that I, my life went on perfectly fine without a, <laughs> without a band and, you know, the sun still came up the next day and I was still alive and, um, you know, nothing had changed. So I was glad that it happened because it kind of always, even in like the pro level, elite level reminded me that like, this is all just for fun. And, you know, when you look at what really matters in life, um, you know, giving, giving up your band is something you can get through. Oh yeah. So. <clears throat> Is, and I, that's the best way to put that. I mean, it really, it, it really is. You know, I listen. I love the the Running Public podcast, but those guys. I mean, and they're on a different level. And I understand most of the people that are probably listening to their podcast are on a different level as well. But I just think, man, this is a great podcast. These two guys take this serious. You know, yeah. I just feel like they add stress to their races by how seriously they take it. But I mean, I understand they want to be the best of the best and, and that's cool well, yeah, too. And if, but, and if you're a professional athlete and your yeah. you know, livelihood depends on it, you probably have a different oh, yeah. perspective. But for me, it's, you know, I'm not a professional athlete. That's right. Um, I'm, you know, I'm doing, I just do it because it's the most fun I've ever had. And, you know, sometimes my good enough is, is good enough to, you know, beat some other, some other women and some of the men too yeah and and you see these people that are taking this serious and making you know trying to make a profession out of being an OCR athlete and I'll, I'll think to myself man it would be cool to be that good and then I think too well I wonder if it takes the fun out of it you know having the stress of I've got to do good at this race or I'm not gonna be able to pay my bills you know so yeah, I kinda... can. I think I can even speak to that. Sometimes it can take the fun out because you put this pressure on yourself. Yeah. It's almost like, I don't want to say it's a podium curse because it's great news to know that you're within podium reach, but every now and then it, it can add just a little extra. And, you know, I've just had to learn how to balance that because, um, you know, again, at the end of the day, what I've also learned is nobody cares how I finish in an obstacle race. And maybe if I finish good, people will be excited for me that care about me. And, you know, if I finish bad, like people, nobody's, everybody's so worried about themselves that they don't care if Rachel gets fourth or, or, or whatever. But again, my, my livelihood isn't on it. So, you know, but I, I can't speak to the, the stress of sometimes I have to remember, Rachel, why you're, you're worrying about this. You're worrying about, you know, failing and, and it's sucking the fun out of it. So, you know, that's just part of being human, I think. Yeah. Man, that's 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 a good way to look at it too. You know, I mean, you've got a good mental grasp on doing these races. I feel like I'm trying to. You uh, know, it's, it's a work in progress. <laughs> yeah. So here's my next question: Is like, this is what is your race ritual? Like on Friday, what are you doing to get ready for your Saturday race? What are you eating the same things? What do you do in the morning before the race? What supplements are you taking? What do you do after the race if you're planning on running on Sunday? Tell us your hacks. Yeah, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty simple. Um, you know, I try to the best I can to, um, to really focus on, first of all, eating and resting. Um, if I'm in town, I like to swim on Friday mornings. So if I'm in town um, and I or I can swim, I like to swim the day before a race, but I don't do shakeout runs the day before. I know that's something some people do. Um, you know, I might go take my dogs on a walk or swim. 
Um, but I try to just eat clean on Friday. I try not to go out to eat. Um, it sucks because it's really fun to go out with friends the Friday night before and, yeah. you know, um, get some good food and hang out. But I always try to pack my own food or, you know, make something in advance because I don't want to put things I'm not used to, um, in my stomach. And, um, you know, but I, I just try to eat healthy. And for me, that's usually stuff like chicken or beef, maybe a hamburger, sweet potatoes, maybe a salad, um, you know, drink water the day before as much as you can. Uh, the morning of, I like oatmeal, so I'll do oatmeal with protein powder in it. Um, and I'll also, depending on like how long the drive is or how much time, I might also have a banana um, that morning as well. I drink coffee, so I drink coffee race morning. Yeah, I know gotta some have people coffee. have an opinion about that. Um, I just try to follow what I normally do because, you know, if I wake up on a Wednesday morning and have a routine and work out, that's what my body's used to. Um, so I, you know, I drink coffee and water in the morning. Um, and then when I get to the race, I try to get there about an hour before if I can and, um, you know, try to get my stuff together. I always warm up, um, usually at least 10 minutes. It depends on how long the race is. And I drink water. I run back and forth to the porta potty probably 15 times. Who doesn't? You know, um, and then I just go. And then if it's, you know, um, another thing I do is I always pack food in my bag um, so that when I'm done, I'm not a like starving or be eating crap. Um, right. So I'll put like a, a protein shake or I'll even pack like a Tupperware of food in my check bag and make sure that I eat that um, because your body needs to to refuel and replenish um, after you do that. And um I just try to rest. If I'm racing the next day, that means when I go home, I'll maybe take a salt bath, stretch, put my legs up the wall, and just try not to go out and party or do anything crazy. But, I mean, it's really simple for me. It's just basically water, sleep, and eating nutritious food. Um, I would say just on my regular supplements, I just take what I take every day. And um, it's funny. And now I feel like I'm taking like a fistful of pills every day. I feel like like an old lady or something. But um I take a multivitamin, a B complex. I take fish oil, turmeric, and then I take um, Hammer Nutrition makes something called Race Cap Supremes, and they're just um, a daily supplement that that you can take. So um, I take a, a Hammer product. Yeah, that almost sounds like the same things I take every day. <laughs> yeah, it's like just try to. I just try to be healthy. <laughs> You're right. Um, but that yeah, that actually the Hammer I started taking about three months ago. Um, and I, and I have noticed a difference with my running. Um, it's supposed to help with your body's absorption of, um, of, of glycogen and, you know, your body's ability, your muscles ability to like supporting your muscles ability to break that down better. So anyway, um, who knows? You know. <laughs> so what is your plans for the rest of this year? Um, I have not, I don't plan my whole year in advance because also this year you really can't. But right. um, just for, for this year so far, I know I'm going to do – I'm doing the Spartan U.S. National Series because I've never done that before. And I had bought a pass last year, so I'm trying to, you know, get my money's worth on that. But I'm curious. I just want to see for kicks kind of how I rank in the Spartan world because the problem with our sport is there aren't really elite rankings because there's no unified body. And so right. it's kind of – if somebody were to ask me, well – 
how are you ranked? I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, because I I can't really tell you. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I'm just going to, so I'm going to run the U.S. National Series with Spartan. I'm also going to do their, I have to qualify in Montana, but I'm going to do their 24-hour championship in Telluride. Um, And then in between that, sprinkle in as many other, you know, Spartans and Savages as I can. Oh, I'm doing a Atlanta DecaFit in oh, cool. like two weeks because um, they're coming here. So I'm really excited about that. That's different. Um, but yeah, I just, I sign up for things that look fun. And so I don't really like race. I don't pick, I don't have like a race calendar where I say, I'm going to try to, you know, peak for this race. And this is the race I want to win. And I want to, you know, I just sort of like, Ooh, that looks fun. Can I afford to go? Can I drive there? Um, you know, like, uh, you know, let me pack it as much as I can, but I usually right. do like anywhere from 20 to 30 things a year. Right. I'm just, you know, run trail running. I'll usually run a, maybe a 50 K. I like to do the dirty spokes. I mean, yeah, I like those um, races too. If I didn't, if I didn't have to go to work and you know, <laughs> I just do it, I would run a race every weekend. Right. I, you know, but I, unfortunately I, I don't live that life. <laughs> you going to Charlotte next weekend? That one, I very sadly decided not to because um, with these back-to-back race weekends and then with DecaFit in Montana coming up. Yeah. Um, I mean, and originally I was going to go to Big Bear two weeks after Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that got canceled. So I had kind of made that decision with all of that to not go. And um, sprints aren't my favorite favorite event. They're a little short. Yeah. Um, so no, I won't. Are you? Yeah, I'm going. I mean, I just I try to hit all the races I can drive to that are pretty I know, close. And that's why I'm really like I'm going to have some major FOMO about it too. Um, but I also know that it's just not my favorite thing. If it was a little bit longer, yeah. I might go up there. But I don't want to drive all the way up there for for like the, the sprint. Yeah. Um, I'd rather just kind of. It sucks, but you know, I need to. I need to be home. Yeah, I mean. I don't think they'll let you do it now, but I, you know, having the pass, I mean, there was one year at Charlotte, I ran, I was getting ready for the New Jersey, I think it was 2018, I was getting ready for the New Jersey Ultra Beast, and I was like, I'm going to get some good training in, I ran like four laps of the sprint course on the Saturday up there, so. I think I did that one too, in 2018, up in New Jersey. Yeah, that was a good race. That's the year I did, I did that Ultra. Yeah, I did too. I think I ran a a lead at that that one. one also, I think. I did not. <laughs> you, you didn't get third female? <laughs> That's funny. We've done a lot of the same races. Cool. Well, I run elite there. I want to say I did pretty good. I was like maybe 15th or 16th in elite, yeah, which is pretty it, good. I think it was kind of mushy out there. Yeah. That was a good race. I enjoyed yeah, we it. like the mushy races. <laughs> yeah. I definitely like that race um, because last year I went to Palm Beach instead of going to uh, New Jersey. And New Jersey had like really bad weather in 2019, I think. <laughs> I remember that it was like a like a, that winter storm that yep. came in and people were getting pulled off. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. You have good taste in races. Ah, uh, well, I pretty much just go to the ones that are the cheapest ones to get to. to so I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. know if it's the best taste in races. I would love to do that Montana race. It's on my bucket list. But man, flights Ooh. out there are kind of I've expensive. I've done. I've done the Breckenridge and Aspen ultras. Those were also like really cool. Oh, I bet it um, was. In Aspen, you're like in these fields of like. Colorado wildflowers. I'm like, this is my life. You know, like this is amazing. <laughs> but yeah, some cool, cool locations. 
So how did you handle the, you know, because I haven't done a race that's at elevation. How did you handle those being from Georgia? I was fine. Really? I don't know. I, I guess there's something, some people just are more sensitive to it. Hmm. Um, but I like, it's funny because when I go to a place like that and I'm walking around, I do notice it. Like you'll be walking upstairs and you get winded, but for some reason, um, cause Aspen started at like eight or 9,000 feet. Wow. Um, I've also done the Tahoe and ultra, which was, that's at a little bit of altitude too, or the ultra and Tahoe, I think it's backwards, but I don't know. Um, people have asked me that and I don't know if it's just me and my genetics. Um, but it really hasn't phased me when I've done the ultras out there. Mm. That's um, good I've to just hear. been able to, maybe because it's at a slower pace and you just don't notice it. Maybe if like you were doing a sprint, you would notice it more. Yeah. Um, but I, I wish I had a better answer other than I was fine. <laughs> I'd rather hear more answers like, Oh, it didn't bother me at all from people that it live in Georgia. I mean, I, yeah, I, I did well. in, but I, I did, actually, I guess I did pretty well in the ultras. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I had a great time. Felt great on both of those. I didn't notice altitude at all. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Rachel, I really appreciate your time, and I mean, I'm sure, all out of thanks. I'm all I out of questions. It. I mean, if you got anything you want to add or tell people where to follow you on Facebook or Instagram, yeah, um, you can check me out. I kind of get on Instagram more. I'm at um, Rachel underscore Fit underscore Girl, but you can come. Check me out. Send me a message. I'm always down to give anybody 10 minutes of my time. So, you know, if you have a question about anything, feel free to hit me up. Well, thanks for talking to us again, Rachel, and congratulations again on your second place finish at Savage. Awesome. Thanks. I'll see you on a course soon. Yeah, good luck this year. All right. Thanks. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Rachel again for taking time to talk to us. I would also like to announce that I won the lottery and I'm going to buy an RV and travel to every race I can to in the USA. That's not true. It's April Fool's. Figured I'd throw that in there. Anyway, I'll be in Charlotte next week. Come up to me and say what's up. I'm also going to the Palm Beach Sprint at the end of April as well. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you at next race. Later. Later.